Hello. Uh, hi. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, how's it going? <laughs> uh, not um, too bad. You, uh, talk about the lateness to this, by the way. No, it's fine. We, we forgot to send you the invite. I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Um, so were you guys on the Brainfest thing? We were. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, what's to be on? I'm doing good, thanks. How about you? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. I mean, how good can you be in lockdown? Mm, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, but generally right. things are going okay. So you ready then? I'm ready, man. I mean, it's, so it's just going to be going through those questions. Yeah, going through the questions, discussing kind of about them and then answering them, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, Okay. Just basic style. Cool. Is there right. any, uh, is it oh. no swearing or is swearing? Uh, we'd prefer no swearing if possible because... That's fine, man. I do kids shows. That's okay. A lot of our audience <laughs> is uh, teens, so... That's cool, uh, man. Oh, God, they're going to think I'm so uncool. All right, okay. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> so, first of all, what inspires your jokes? Like, what inspires you to create the jokes and inspires you to get into comedy? It's a great question to start off with. Thank you uh, for giving me such a difficult question straight out of the bat. <laughs> Appreciate that. What has inspired all of your life choices? Just get to take us through that. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, uh, I think I, I think um, it's funny with uh, with comedians like you often feel like for whatever reason you feel like you're a bit of an outsider. You feel like you're more observing stuff than you are taking part in it. It's a really mm. weird feeling. Um, and so I sort of always, I always think, I feel, I feel like that still, I've always felt like that. And then I always liked watching comedy. My dad got me into comedy a lot. Um, we used wow. to watch stuff like, I mean, this is, if your audience is teens, this is going to be stuff you won't even. We might do. This is crazy, crazy stuff where you used to have to sit at a certain time during the week to watch the TV show. You didn't just have a million TV shows at your fingertips <laughs> at any point. Me and my dad, we had to sit, can you imagine this? We had to sit in the same room to watch it. It's absolutely, it's disgraceful. <laughs> sit in the same room to watch stuff like Live at the Apollo, Mock Oh, Luke, I used to, yeah, I, I know that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so these are all sort of um, comedy TV shows. And man, The Simpsons, man. The Simpsons was like, oh, and still is, yeah, classic. it still is like the show that, I would love to sort of make, I mean, those first 12 seasons of The Simpsons, I just, I used to have them all on DVD. And so I was, I was like, again, DVDs, this is, imagine, could you imagine that? You had to had own a disc. Imagine. Play, play, <laughs> imagine that. Oh my exactly. God. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I always wanted to do, I always wanted to do like those things, like the idea of just making people laugh like yeah. i like the power of it like the feeling like you're welcome like people want you there because you're making everyone laugh mm. and i just it's a wonderful feeling um so i yeah. thought i'd want to do that but then you're always scared aren't you that's the thing you yeah young, you kids so you're you guys are younger you still have dreams when you get to my age you don't you get rid of all those uh, <laughs> that is the way isn't it with life you, you yeah you want to you want to do stuff you think that looks cool. That's great. I'd love to be an astronaut, an influencer, or whatever it is, bro. But you want to do it, but then you're like scared that yeah. it's going to be hard. Everyone's going to make fun of you and you're going to be bad at it. And the thing is, that is true. That is yeah. true. And you will be bad at it and everyone will make fun of it. But you keep yeah. doing it, getting better. And so I was scared to do it. And then it was only when I got to uni and I saw uh, 
people doing comedy, uh, uh, not all of them, but some people doing it really badly. Yeah. I thought, I thought, <laughs> look how brave these people are. Like I am a coward sitting here. And because I always thought you had to be brilliant to do stuff. Yeah. You had to be brilliant to be a comedian because everyone on TV who's a comedian, they're brilliant. Aren't, that's why they're there. Mm. But yeah. then you realize not everyone is. And so when I saw that and I was like, what am I, why am I stopping myself from trying to attempt my dream? Because I'm scared I'm going to fail at it. Just mm. start doing it. And then I just started doing it. So that's sort of what got me going, I guess. But maybe, well, my, my dad, I want to shout out my dad like a lot for getting me into it. Yeah. So do you think people are inspired by you then? Oh, bloody better be. No. <laughs> That's all the work for then. How dare you? Yeah, many people say I'm a vo- the voice of a generation. Um, it's mainly me saying that, and it's a generation no one cares about. But yeah, but it is. It's, um, I don't think people are inspired by me. I hope one day they will be. And I've had, because you've got to put a lot of work into it. So I've mm. had friends who've who've said to me like. Not that it's inspiring, but it's like impressive the amount of work yeah. you're putting in, and um, I think maybe that maybe that is is to some people either maybe motivational. But I don't think I haven't achieved anything yet. That's how I feel. So I don't think I've inspired anyone. <laughs> All right. How long does it take until your jokes become into content? I'm still waiting. Still waiting for it to be good. Uh, but I just do it anyway. Uh, I, um, I, so I have a thing where on my notes, on my phone, I write down any idea that comes into my head. That was good advice I got was always, if you have a good idea that pops into your head, even if you don't think it's that good, just write it down, just write it down, visit it later. So I have these notes on my phone that I just write out down all the time. And then when it talks about becoming content, so online stuff, like I try and post six times a week i mainly do that sometimes at seven and so it's just a case of like look you got post today pick one of those things <laughs> you gotta go yeah. for it like you gotta like stop trying to be such a perfectionist or stop trying to be so scared just post something man and and just um <laughs> so it, it, you know there's stuff there's stuff which is great which i have an idea i can't get it out of my head it's like a fever dream i can't get it out of my head and i'm like I need to do this. I've got the sketch visualized in my head. I've got the joke visualized in my head. And I'm like, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to be great. I'm saying the lines, I'm doing the characters. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. And I go and do it. Sometimes it lives up to it. Sometimes it doesn't, whatever. But there's other days <laughs> where I'm looking down at this list and I'm like, I don't think any of this is that good. <laughs> but, yeah. but but sometimes you just got to take a plunge or you just got, and the best advice I'd say, when, you, when you're in that mode, when you've written down those ideas, you're not quite sure if any of them are quite good enough, just talk to people, talk to your friends, yeah. talk to other people who create stuff and be like, what do you think of this? Is this something, Does this? do you relate to this? Does this make you laugh? And then they might all say no, or they might start saying like, oh, I thought you were going to go this way with it. And then that mm. opens up another world. And then you're like, oh, damn, Like I could, I could, instead of doing a video about how weird it is to eat cookies, I could do a video about how I need to eat cookies every day or something like that. I mean, that is a terrible yeah. example. But that is genuinely the best idea I've ever had, so don't steal it. So uh, this is, um, but that that's what I'd say, talk to people. And so it, it really depends. Sometimes quickly I go from idea to making content. Other times it's more of a long, it's a longer process. Fair enough. So what do you like most about being a comedian? The babes, the babes, man. Oh, the rock and roll. <laughs> Funny, the babes and all the vaccines. I get so many vaccines now. Oh, out of my ears. <laughs> um 
I, uh, I, it's really hard to say, man. There's a lot, that, that there's a lot to like. Um, I think from a more philosophical point of view, I really like the idea that I'm pursuing and doing something that I genuinely want to do. It's mm. easy to get caught in the trap where you do a job, you do a day-to-day -day and you just do it to live, to survive, to earn more money. And by doing comedy, it allows me to feel like I'm living a life more closely to what I would want to live, mm. um, which is great, which is like a more philosophical thing. Um, but then just genuinely, I think I've never, since the pandemic and stuff, I've recognized how important it was to me, but I've never experienced anything with the adrenaline rush of just walking up to a stage full of strangers, going to make them laugh. It's just like- That, that like, is a shame. It, it, no, I know, right? It is, it is like a wonderful thing, especially when it's a good night, when it's a hot night, the crowd are loving it. They're, they're so ready and you are just about to go and you're confident you're on a good run of gigs and you're confident you're going in. And I just love it. Um, I just love that feeling of going up. And when the first joke mm. lands and you think, yes, this is going to be a good gig. And it's just like, it's just like the reward, the culmination of all that work, all those rubbish nights where you've been bad in front of audiences and all those bad jokes that you forced upon your friends and all that nonsense, all those long train journeys and not going to your friends' birthdays and all that stuff. And then suddenly it just comes together on this night in like a brilliant club with hundreds mm -hmm. of people who are just gagging and laughing and you are having a good time, they're having a good time. And that is probably the best feeling in the world for me. Good. So what do you dislike about being a comedian? Oh, so much. So much. The other two good things. Everything else is rubbish. No, it's not. It's, it's, um, but to be fair, there is, it's, it's, it's quite a difficult lifestyle. So, um, I mean, I would say as well, I'll caveat this. I think there's quite a lot of uh, shame on, on having a day job. I have a day job. I work four days a week. Um, it, it, well, in an office type job, but it's obviously yeah. in, my, in my, my room at the moment. So I wouldn't, if you are, don't, I say to creators out there, don't feel bad about like saying you've got other income. People go on TV and they're still working day jobs. It's just the nature mm. of the industry. And I think a light needs to be shone on it in order to make people aware that like creators out there that are making good stuff, like they might be struggling. It's not just yeah. you've got 10,000 followers doesn't give you any sort of money. Um, so the hard part for me is um, it, it, <laughs> it probably is just like missing out on bits of life that you think I would enjoy that so much. <laughs> that Fair sounds enough. really sad. Sounds really sad. Um, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that of, of saying to your friends, you know, on a Friday night when all your mates just want, they want to go out and drink and have fun, have a laugh. And you just have yeah. to say, I can't, I'm gigging. I've got to go to some random swamp place of the UK, you know, Sydney yeah. upon Sussex or something like that, where there's like 10 people and eight of them are coming to this gig. But it's a paid gig. You've got to do it. That's yeah. part of the journey. And, and those those ones when you miss out um, can be really tough. And then the other mm. one is just, it, it's just a simple one. It's just, it's just bombing, man. It's just yeah. bombing. Like, it, it's such an awful feeling when you've done badly and because no one's seen you before no one has mm. any, they just think he is terrible comedy that's all they think and then you've got like a smell on you basically everyone's trying to avoid yeah. you audience audience will come up to other comics and be like you were great tonight and they'll look at you and sort of wander off and they, they just it's it's an awful feeling um so but that's all part of the process man every comic's bond so what can mm. you do 
So, do you usually end up cracking the jokes that you do to your family and friends as well as in front of an audience? Nah, they don't pay. They don't pay family and friends. They don't get anything. They get the worst. They get, they get the free material. Very bad. This is the workshop stuff. Um, yeah. It's funny. It's an interesting question. I think I have certainly noticed that I have become less entertaining as a person around my friends and family since I started doing stand-up comedy because I have sort of scratched the itch to perform in, in, on stage. Yeah. Um, I used to, and a lot of people do this, the sort of frustrated creative, when you're not achieving, you want or trying to achieve your dream even, or trying to do it, you will just try and live that dream in any sort of small situation you can, whether that's office parties, <clears throat> weddings, birthdays, everything. You want to be the funniest person in the room. And now I've gone out there and I've been able to do that in a few places. I, I'm less thirsty to try and prove myself. And so that means that I'm actually like, I'm not as not as jokey like i'm not as as, as yeah um, uh, I, I don't i don't do that um but uh i have i have learned as i was saying before as well to talk to my friends more about stand-up about material because even though they don't do comedy or, or that they are they are your audience and so yeah their, their thoughts and their immediate reaction is 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 interesting and, and, and useful and um it's a bit of an ego drop for me because i've got high ego to be like mm. i don't know everything <laughs> before <laughs> i'll be like well if i think it's funny then it's going to be bloody funny mate ali woods yeah uh, you know who it is but but uh so i don't do that but i've definitely noticed that i've sort of um feel, i feel less less funny around my friends mm. I'm, I'm not trying to prove it as much so would you say that you have a big um freedom of speech when you're doing your gigs like you can just say what you want basically this is a funny one. I mean, I, I think, you know, you go to some, you go to some places where you think that's the case. You go to other places where you don't think that. I, I'm a big believer that um, you should be able to talk about anything you want on stage, but you should also suffer the accountability of what you say. So it's not like, it's not like you just get to basically say whatever words or whatever thing you want and no one can do anything. Um, but, but also I'm very, I'm very worried when people say no one can joke about this topic or something like that. Cause I just think the, the point we've got to laugh at everything. I, I think yeah. that is, it's laughter is what helps us survive. Especially it now helps, at least. Yeah. I mean, this is a perfect example. Imagine if someone was like, you can't make any jokes about this situation, yeah. but it's too serious and too severe. And it's like, I see the memes going around after some news announcements like hey, it's hilarious like it's the best mm, it's i know good stuff. the videos <laughs> of the memes they're amazing um so i wouldn't i wouldn't say that so so it's an interesting one from i've definitely been in some rooms especially in london mm. where you can do something that you think is fairly harmless um and it can mm. really really turn the crowd um, i know yeah and and then and then I've been in, you know, other places in, in the country where you feel like you can sort of say anything. Um, mm. But then it's funny because everyone just gets offended by different stuff. That's the thing. This yeah. PC stuff, everyone gets offended by different stuff. If you go in front of a work audience, you say something non-PC, they get offended. If you go in front of a, a non-work audience and you say something PC, they get offended. So no one, there's no audience in the country. It's very rare that you actually meet mm. just the genuinely like anything goes because the people the people who all go on about like well, like snowflakes you know yeah you can't say anything nowadays if you start going to them and say oh black lives matter they'll be like oh shut up like, i'm offended <laughs> i'm offended yeah. so it's like well you are being a snowflake mate so yeah i don't i um 
so I think it's a really interesting time. I think now more than ever, if you are in a public speaking position, like a comedian, like anyone online who has a certain number of followers, you need to do your best to educate yourself and inform yourself before uh, taking part in, in very serious topics. But I think also from an audience part of point of view, people need to understand that, that, <clears throat> that sometimes things are there to be laughed at and there to be joked about and offenses taken are not given and you're well within your rights to be offended at stuff, but know that just because you're the most most offended or most upset doesn't mean you're the most right. And I think, yeah, you know, as if the internet just encourages that sort of tribalism. So it's tough to, it's tough to moderate, but um, yeah, but I think it's, re it's a really, it's a really interesting time, but I, I, I just think you got to try and inform yourself as much as possible. And also when you're creating anything, this doesn't just go to a comedy, write what you know, talk yeah. about the stuff that you know, there's no point in me, you guys have seen me, one of the palest people in the world, gingerest person talking about what my life is like as a black person because it doesn't make any sense you know i mean i can't go in there yeah. and talk, i'm going to be the voice of young black people in the uk what, what are you talking about son talk about what you know and yeah. you'll find you will be causing less offense because you will just be talking about stuff that you have experienced and mm -hmm. also your take on other stuff around you just write what you know man it will help you out and yeah get you out of trouble so are there any topics that you wouldn't like to joke about like yourself um uh no i wish someone could tell me the topics that aren't funny before i start talking about them <laughs> uh, because i do that a lot but um no as i said before i'm sort of believer that you can you can joke about any topic but yeah it's it's, it's the way it's handled um i've seen hilarious bits of stand-up on all the darkest the darkest stuff uh, imaginable but it's just, yeah it's just about the way it's handled um and there's just such a fine line between, well, it's not a fine line, actually. It's a very obvious line between people who say, like, you can joke about any topic, but other people think, we should be able, go, be able to go up and say whatever you want about any topic. <laughs> like, no, because yeah. that's just now hate speech. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so so I don't think for me there's any topic I, I wouldn't, I'd like to, I'd be, I'd be very worried if, if, if at some point in my career there was, there was topics that I wouldn't joke about. I mean, there's, there's definitely ones where you go to a certain, area of the country or uh, in front of a certain audience where you don't where you might think well i'm probably going to talk about this less because they feel very yeah. sincerely about it but 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 that's different from never joking about anything so i don't think there's any topic that you should particularly not joke fair about. enough has there been any embarrassing moments when performing oh man oh dylan how'd you do this to me um it's that it, you go through so much when you start out in comedy especially um because you are so bad and you don't know it yet so you have this <laughs> confidence about you where you are like well well how hard can it be you have a couple of good gigs under your belt and you think how hard can it be and you just go and die and these are some deaths you know mm. those ones where it is just silent it's a hate-filled silence as well it's not a silence of awkwardness it is like why are you ruining? This is my daughter's birthday, and we're out. Like, why are you ruining? Yeah. Why are you ruining this? You stupid gingerhead man! Get off the stage. So, I think um, I've had a few. I've hit a few bad bombs. Um, luckily, I'm generally quite polite. So I feel like mm. when you're on stage, you're not doing well, but you're polite. They'll at least think, well, he's an awful comedian, but you know, he seems like a nice guy, and so yeah. they won't be as mean. But I remember, I remember, I did King Gong at the Comedy Store, right? So the Comedy Store one of the best 
clubs in the country and probably the world. It's in London. It's in Piccadilly. It's been closed for a year now, and because of the pandemic. But pandemic, every yeah. Monday, yeah, every every sorry, the last Monday of every month, they'd run King Gong. I don't know if you guys have ever been, or no. if you're even old enough to go. No. But no. when you know, in a few birthdays' time, ask your parents if, if they can get you there because you probably love it. But it is it's a tough show, so they get thirty comedians down. And they just do it in one night, and the comedian has just got to get through five minutes of their material before the crowd boo them off. Oh, and the crowd are encouraged. It basically, if you're not finding someone funny, or even if you're finding them funny but not funny enough, just start booing. And then three cards are given out into the crowd. And when three mm-hmm. cards go out, they play music and you're off, you know, and then the, and the voiceover guy slags you off, and then they welcome on the next act. But you do it. Because the winner, and sometimes more than the winner, which is how I got in, um, uh, you don't necessarily win, but the, you, they think you've done well enough, gets gets to perform on one of the pro nights at the comedy store, and then you start through the process of that. And the first time I did that, I'd been gigging for about a year, I think. And I remember because it was October, it was Halloween night, Monday, 31st of mm. October. This would have been 2016. And not that I've etched it into my brain for forever repeating <laughs> Uh, before I go to sleep, but this is I, because there were four. I know it was I know it was Halloween because there were four dudes dressed as the Grim Reaper, who were professing that they were there to watch comedy deaths. Was why they were there. They each had a pitcher of beer, not a pint glass or a pitcher of beer, under okay. their chairs. Each of them, and uh, they were booing everyone. And I got up and I was like, look, let's just go and try and do it and I was like last in the first half so I was at a pretty decent uh, decent um, position and I was doing mm. okay I was just about surviving but then someone shouted out on one of my bits they were like that's stolen and I went no it's not F off then the whole crowd hated me <laughs> but suddenly I'm the guy who's stealing material and it was it genuinely wasn't <laughs> stolen but it, like what did you come back to that so so then, then everyone's being. Then I tell the whole crowd to f off as well. Three cards oh. are up, like as soon, and like they play the music, and I'm out of there. And it's just one of those where, like, not only do they think I'm bad at comedy because I wasn't doing that well before, but but they also think like I'm stealing stuff as well. So I just get out of there as soon as possible. And I always remember the first song that I played in my headphones on the walk back or on the journey back. Start me up, Rolling Stones. And whenever that song comes on, I always think back. Oh my god, I remember walking out of that place feeling absolutely like just worst thing ever um and you know you just get bad heckles as well in other other nights as well like uh, i remember starting out i had i just mentioned google in my set and immediately someone just shouts out why don't you google some jokes and that was not good um wow you get a lot of those embarrassing ones um oh Mm. embarrassing one as well you invite someone to come see you maybe someone you're flirting with maybe someone you think Mm. this could be on you invite someone to come see you and then you just die. And as a female comedian said to me, there is nothing less attractive than a male comedian dying on stage. And that is just something that you're like, so do you want to get a drink afterwards? And they're like, absolutely not. So <laughs> that's that's embarrassing as well. But you know what, bruv? You go and do this stuff and you you embarrass yourself, but you go back. And I went back to the mm-hmm. King Gong show uh, six months later, beat it. Went back six months later, beat it, and I was able to get a spot. So... Don't worry about Fair how enough. embarrassing things get. It's more embarrassing to never try something. 
Mm. So when you go to the different comedy clubs, then, is it usually like a briefing that you get given before you go on in terms of what you have to do or say, or, or even what you can't do and say? Yeah. So no, as far as I'm aware, as far as in my, in my experience, that's not really happened. Sometimes you, you do a charity gig where they mm. say, so don't, don't make fun of this particular mm. uh, field. For instance, you know, it's children with disabilities charity. And yeah. they're like, you know, this is not going to go down well if you start talking about, about <laughs> that. Um, like, going up with your open gag. Yeah. Um, but generally, I've not had that. I know there are gigs like that. There's definitely mm. gigs where they say you can joke about this or that, but they're, they're very few and far between. And generally you're sort of given free, free reign to, to do what you want, which I like. Fair enough. Um, what was the most memorable moment in your career? Oh, I got a couple, which are great. Um, there was one where I, it was at the start of last year as well, 2020. So uh, it managed to get some good stuff into a really rubbish year. But uh, there was one where I was doing my first open spot at a club called Banana Cabaret down in Ballum. And it's a club that's been going for like 37 years, like one of the old wow. started. Yeah, like everyone's been there. Like they've got images of pictures of everyone who's <laughs> ever been in comedy just on the walls and stuff. And you're walking up like, oh man, I'm going to die so hard. And then uh, <laughs> I went on and did my 10 minutes and it just went really super well. I was just like so happy with it um, to the point where I went off. I was only doing 10 minutes and then the headliner is a comedian called Simon Evans. Um, who I very briefly chatted to, but uh, he seemed nice enough. And I wasn't able to stay for his so I had to go and do another gig. But but he um, he's someone I had watched on TV growing up on Live at the Apollo and he... I started his set and I just caught it because I was just, I was just leaving, but I just caught it. And he was like, how good was Ali Woods? Well, you know, you don't want an old man coming on here. You want more of him, don't you? And like, everyone was like cheering and laughing. I was like, I was like, this is like dream. This is like fantasy style of, yeah. of you can imagine the bloke used to watch TV sitting there with your dad now saying, not only saying your name, but basically saying like, let's like, he's so good. This guy in front of the crowd, yeah. we were like all agreeing. I was like, that is brilliant. Um, and then also just, uh, I won my first competition and I will say to anyone doing any creative stuff or anything in general, like, unless you're a hundred meter sprinter in the end of like an elite athlete at the final hurdle, like competitions, they ain't a big deal, bro. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. They, you will win some, you will lose some, you will win some, you won't do well some, whatever. The important thing is you don't give up. If you really care about it, you don't give up, then you'll eventually win. And I had um, done fairly well in a couple of competitions before and comedy competitions are all weird. They pitch you against your friends. Um, it's great when you get into the final, but otherwise every time you lose out, you just think I'm rubbish. I'm going to give up. But yeah. uh, this one in particular was the Hackney Empire New Act uh, uh, Award. And it was at Hackney Empire, huge place. It's got 1,250 seats out. I think it was about two thirds wow. sold out probably. So about 800 people in there. Biggest audience, double, double the size, the biggest size of audience I've performed to before. And they um, were, it was just like, you, there's not really a long process. You just go and do an audition and then they invite you to the final if you want to. Mm. So I was lucky enough to be invited to the final. I was on with mates. And when you're in the final of any competition, it's chill in comedy because because you're always like, oh, I've already got here. Like, this is great to be here. Mm. It's, great. it's great to be this. Yeah. Time. So I was just, I was just, I had the pleasure, the delight of basically hanging with my mates before. I was sort of confident what I was going to say as well. I only had five minutes to do. So I was sort of like, there's not much that 
there's not much deviation. I'm just going to go and do my five minutes of best jokes and whatever, you know, try and enjoy it as much as possible mm. because it's a huge crowd. And I just got to watch my mates do well and just get like 10 times the laughter they normally get. Cause normally we're performing to such smaller venues Yeah. So to watch that. And then I got to, I got to go on, have a wonderful gig myself. And then I ended up winning it and, and Joe Brand was emceeing and she was really lovely. Wow. And again, just, just again, just feeling like those moments where you feel like the hard work's paid off. That's, that's, yeah. that's what it felt. It felt like to me, that was years of work. Um, and it just happened to be my night and I was lucky. I was on a good time. It was sort of my crowd as well. So all that worked for me. And uh, I was just able to have a, have a really, have a really great night. And I went and got really, really drunk uh, afterwards, <laughs> which uh, one day you guys might be able to do. If you, you probably don't do it. You probably don't do that, do you? You, you don't have mm. to. It's not, it's not for you. Like you're too big. You wow. Fortnite skins to buy, you know? <laughs> You haven't got time. So, do you base a lot of your jokes on your real life experiences then? Yeah, man. I try to. I think I'm getting better at that. I used to be more surreal, but now, because I used to be, I wouldn't want to make myself vulnerable. So, I used mm. to talk about, I used, and, and I always liked as well the comedians like the Ricky Gervaises, the Bill Burr, sort of like leaning against the mic stand, being like, let me, let me yeah. break it down for you. This is, <laughs> this is how society is. And so I, I think, yeah, I'll be that cool guy. Um, but you have to sort of realize that you're not a cool guy. <laughs> mm. And um, so I, uh, I, I started talking more about myself and I do just think the, 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 the truer things are funnier things. Um, uh, a comedian I work with a lot has um, gave me that advice. Like the truth is our friend when it comes to comedy. Mm. And uh, if you can make it more about yourself, it'll be more sincere. Uh, you'll be able to um, be more fun and just uh, yeah. be able to, um, to, 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 to be your authentic self on stage. And then people will like that because they like honesty. Fair enough. Dylan? Oh, I think Dylan's what? dead. <laughs> My mind's you. I wouldn't be surprised. I would have fallen asleep by this point as well. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Jesus, these normally take about 10 minutes. I've had to, I've had to upgrade the Zoom because of this guy. I think, I yeah, I've just had a pop-up, actually. I know, <laughs> it's like you we... know what I mean? Yeah, we're all right though. We're all right. I'm gonna get invoiced for this. <laughs> no, we're fine. <laughs> Anyways, what are we gonna ask them? Uh, all right. What do you think makes you stand out from other comedians? Oh, it's tough. Uh, I suppose being better than all of them, I guess, is probably what I'd say. Firstly, first and foremost, um, and being humble. That's my two things: being the best and being humble. That's the two two things I'd say. Um, I think uh, it's tough because people always people always especially agents like industry side they want you to be like what is your unique selling point what are you yeah yeah like who are you and, and i i find that really tough i really do um because i don't i i'm very basic in terms of the comedy industry like how many sort of uh you know straight white guys in their 20s are comedians like, especially me growing up there's loads of them so mm -hmm. too many of anything so i'm adding to that <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll help. I'm a big fan of diversity. That's why I'm straight and white and male yeah. in all these places. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the USB, I think, I think for me, it's hard to say, but I think what I do, what I do quite well, which is quite weird, which I've yet to really, yet to really create in a voice that I can own yet. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm quite in between two worlds with, with how I've lived my life. Like, um, you know, I went to a school that was, it was a grammar school and oh, it was God. very few, exactly. You know what I mean? 
but it was free so and there were very few white people like i was only one of the few white people in my in my in my school in my year um and so that was weird in that you had this so we'd play rugby teams that were like you know they all like all the lads from stowe you know blah, 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 blah. and then so i'd be, be that but our school wasn't like that but i'd be doing that so i'd be living that life but i didn't feel like i was like that and then on the sunday i'm a massive football fan i always used to love football but i'd be playing football and that was with like the guys from ends like that was like the road men that i was just playing football with at the same time and then also like i feel like sometimes i really feel like a jock like i yeah. feel like I'm, I love sport. I love working out and all that stuff. And you know, whatever, just get over it. I'm guilty, but whatever. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, but then also, like I feel like I'm quite a, a, a softy. I feel like I'm quite emotionally highly strung. So I feel like that's where I'll probably explore more into, and probably what would will set maybe set me out eventually um, is just being this sort of odd yeah. mix of of, of cultures. So what would you say that your favorite type of comedy is then? Oh man, I love them. Um, I honest people, who are, the, the people who are just go up and you just, they're just honest and they're funny. Like, I think the Americans generally do better than us. I think like the, the, yeah, the Bill Burrs, the Patrice O'Neill's, um, <laughs> they just so good. I love, I love people being in a club and just risking it all. Just like, you know, they've not got their, their tight, lovely set about the, this crazy story of them going on holiday with their kids or whatever that you know is very funny but it's just mm. it's like it's like a takeaway you know it's really enjoyable but you couldn't have it every night you just it's too much but but i love the people who just go up and and talk really earnestly about what they think on things and how they yeah. uh, how they perceive the world and why that is I love it. And also just gag heavy, just really, mm. I love it when the punch, I know it sounds like a dumb thing to say, but that is true because so much of comedy, especially the trend now is going into sort of more confessional monologue stuff, which is super interesting. And I've enjoyed a lot of these shows, but I don't <laughs> like it personally as much as when someone goes on and just rips the roof off. And, you know, I've seen people perform where the audience are like they're begging them to stop because yeah. they are laughing so much like they are like <laughs> give us a break i am about to like have a seizure um and and i think that is i think that is so impressive and i love to be that i'd love to just absolutely rip the roof off i'm not there yet but i'll get there Dylan. What, what have been like for you Dylan, come on man Jack been so, <laughs> he has been so on it Ev Dylan is. Are you are you pausing COD? Are you pause, Are you playing a, a what is it death match? What are you playing at the moment, mate? Put it I've on. Got my just... sister next to me. Oh right, okay. Well, hello, Dylan's sister. Is she the next guest then? Well, yeah, exactly. Ali, we wanted you to do ten minutes, and then Dylan's sister was going. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's lockdown been like for you in terms of being able to perform? Well, I mean, it's been, it's, you know what? I'd say not been good. That's <laughs> what I'd say. It's, it's, I'd say a lot of people are like, lockdown's going to be great for getting a load of people in a dank room with no uh, air conditioning. Uh, but apparently it's not been good at all. I haven't been, I haven't been able to do what I'd say a proper gig is since March. I've done some lovely gigs in that time. Done some really odd gigs. I, I filmed, this is a bit of a plug. This is what you're supposed to do podcasts it's for. Fine. If you want to check out my YouTube, Ali Wood, I filmed <laughs> half an hour of sort of new jokes that I'd written that I'd barely performed. And I filmed yeah. that opposite where I live, uh, 
uh, we ended up getting to know the neighbors and they had access to their roof and we just filmed a sort of half an hour comedy thing on the roof wow. and we just had sort of 16 people or so socially distanced uh, i've got to say that just in case any lawyers are yeah listening. but I, uh, <laughs> just staying on blankets and just filmed and that i'm really proud of that that was really cool and something that would never have happened if we're not for the for the pandemic so that's cool mm-hmm. but otherwise yeah the performing's been been next to nil but that's why i've been i've been enjoying doing more sort of online yeah. stuff and um, obviously not the gig where you guys are at that was awful no but, but the others it <laughs> <the> <laughs> was a lovely lovely crowd um really good to to meet the next generation and uh the, <laughs> um but but it's been it's been fun doing sort of more online online mm. sketches and stuff is what I'm, I'm mainly saying but but stand-up won't 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 be replicated until we can get everyone backed yeah. packed in to a fun room where it's hot and it is everyone is belting out the laughter and everyone feels comfortable because they don't feel like there's so much pressure on them laughter because they're surrounded mm. by other people laughing i can't wait to get back to that but lockdown has not been good for that so leading on from that do you think you'll be straight back out once lockdown's lifted then Oh, mate. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. No discredit. Again, I've got to do a bit of PR. Obviously, I love my housemates. I really love my housemates. They're like the best to me. Um, but I just can't wait to leave them. I just can't yeah. wait to get... I can't wait to um, to basically just be out gigging and doing that lifestyle again. I had a bit of like a tough time in the first lockdown because I said I'm lucky to still have this day job, the income coming in. But I just used to be a comedian who would who had who had a, a day job to earn some stuff on the side and mm-hmm. i just changed from that to being sitting at home doing a job and just being like everyone else and that was really like i, I it slowly dawned on me and i got really upset about that and then so i started writing again and doing more online stuff um but uh yeah so i can't wait to get my old life back and be out gigging again can't wait and like my i always go by if it's legal i go for it i'm not yeah i i, I take advantage because you never know how long these things are going to last um, True. especially in sort of the last year so if, if they're like you can do this then i'm like yes i will do it i won't i'm not the type who's like let's give it two weeks and see, <laughs> and see if people are doing it i'm like no nah, let's go do it so i'll be yeah how do you think people will uh how do people react when you say that you're a comedian smash it dylan great question uh well um, uh, the, <laughs> people people often say um Oh yeah, you get irritating responses. You know, yeah. classic. Tell us a joke. Uh, what's your funniest bit? Do some for us now. And it's so annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, gen- generally, people. I don't know whether it's a, a British thing or not. I feel like the idea of doing comedy, a lot of people quite uh, aspire to do, it or like have an idea like yeah. they'd like to do, it, or they find it scary. So genuinely, people are quite nice about it, and they they sort of think it's quite a cool thing um and then i you know i don't let them see me so that's great so they always think i'm great that's the that's, mm. the, that's the trick guys is always just say yeah i'm pretty brilliant but i've got no shows coming up uh and they can't put you on but um but yeah that, and that's another thing people say oh my god when you're next performing i'll come and then you're like i perform literally every night and they go oh okay well like let me know when there's like one that i'm going to go to <laughs> yeah they're not coming but uh yeah people are generally quite nice to be fair but you do get a lot of that go on mate oh mate he's a comedian go on tell the job make us laugh go on mate if you're funny oh come on mate why are you just one one. yeah you wouldn't ask that anyone wants to do that but comedians they think yeah yeah so did your parents know that you were going to become a comedian or did you have to hide it from them 
Oh, you know what? I saw this question. I liked it because, because, um, so I think my dad, he always thought he was funny as a lot of dads do. And he <clears throat> remember when I started doing comedy, he used to say I was like a chip off the old block and <laughs> for like, for like years, he thought he was always funnier than me. Like when, <clears throat> when I started out and then, and then he started, but he, he liked it. He liked the prospects of it. But my mom, um, I remember I came, I finished uni and uh, very nice uni. Went to York. It was really lovely and uh, wow. did English there because uh, I didn't want to didn't want to get employed afterwards. So I did English literature. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I basically was going for these advertising jobs and I'd keep getting interviewed and I keep getting rejected. And <clears throat> I was being at Edinburgh Fringe Festival and this would have been 2015. And I was flyering for my show, trying to get people into the show. And I wasn't doing stand-up at this point, but I was doing improv comedy. And I yeah. was like, I think I just, I don't want to do this. I think I keep missing out on these interviews because I'm getting to that interview stage and they're asking me like, why do you want to do this? And I can't mm. give a convincing answer. And I think I want to do comedy. And I came back home after being there and I was like to my dad, look, mate, I think I want to take comedy a real go. So it means I wouldn't get like a, a an office job. I'd get like a part-time job. And then I could just go out and do gigs and stuff like that but I'd still have enough money. So you wouldn't have to, I wouldn't be living off you guys. And he was like, well, you know, it's weird. Like, obviously it's not what we're expecting, but that's like, we want to support you. And mm. My mum, well, she's Scottish and she was like, there is no way you're doing that. There is no way. You just want to be a student all your life, sitting around watching videos. If you wanted to be a comedian, you would have done it by now. If you're doing comedy because you like it, I like eating biscuits and watching Coronation Street. Doesn't mean that someone's going to pay me to do that. So she said, she said, I had to go out and get, in her words, a graduate level job. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I went and did that. But then, you know, she's she's come around to it more because she, basically she just thought I didn't want to. She thought I just didn't want to get a job, basically. Um, but now, now that now they're both on board, although I had to stop. I had to stop for a period telling them giving them any updates about comedy because it would just always end in an argument like mm. because it's so um there's so much disparity you're in 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 what people think of it so i'll say ah oh, this great gig the other day and my dad would immediately go oh nice so how much do they pay you for that <laughs> and i was like, I was like eh, they didn't pay me anything <laughs> it's my uh, um and then uh my mom we had a big argument when i went i i asked my job can i go down four day weeks i'll take a pay cut and they were like yeah it's okay and they're very nice about that and mm. i told my mom and she just had a go at me she's like why are you going down to 40 weeks you won't have enough money to live off you've given comedy a go you don't want to know what to do anymore you know and i, and I was just like ah. you know um so i had to i had to stop talking to them briefly and mm. like you know i it's lovely and a lot of people, you know, there's so much PR in people's interviews, right? Famous celebrity yeah. people, they'll always be like, I just want to thank my mom, who's just so supportive of <laughs> my dad and stuff like that. But if that's not the case for you, don't worry about it, bro. There's a lot of unsupportive parents out there. Yeah. I'm not saying my mom and dad are unsupportive. They're great. I love my mom and dad. They're really good. But they didn't get it, especially my mom. <clears throat> but that shouldn't discourage you from doing things. If you believe in yourself and you're willing to put the work in, then go for it. And I really mean that. Yeah. So were you doing comedy during secondary school then? 
Nope, not at all. No. Uh, grammar school, everyone wanted to be doctors and accountants <laughs> and lawyers. So uh, there was no comedy club. <laughs> there was, no, uh, there was they, they, drama wasn't even a subject. They didn't ever have that oh, at my wow. school. They, uh, it was just you did maths and then they had some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I um, didn't do any uh, secondary school. I did do a drama class once a week because I had a couple mates doing it. My sister mm. did it and I was like, oh, that seems quite fun. So I did that for a few years from like the ages of 15 to 18, I think. Um, yeah. And then that was really fun, but I was outside of school. And then there was one time in secondary school where we did like a funny play and I mm. sort of, I sort of project managed the like end of school sort of funny, I don't know what you even call it now, just like not, so it had, it had plays and like skits and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and like I sort of, I sort of developed that. And that was quite cool. And that was the first time of me thinking like, oh, maybe I could actually do stuff here. But now nah, there was no, there was no comedy in secondary school. No. I think a lot of people start comedy later. And I really, I really respect anyone who starts at a young age. It's really brave and well done. Fair enough. Would you say that you're a quiet person? Ha! Have you seen how long I've been talking, Dylan? Come on now. <laughs> None of this. No quiet. People tell me to shut up. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a quiet person. I'd say I'm quite a moody person, though. So sometimes <clears throat> I like to be in my own world. I like to be thinking on something, and I don't want to be chatting. And then um, people often say, like, oh, is there something up? Because normally I'm quite talkative. But no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm quite a chatty person. I like chat. I love meeting new people as well, so I love chatting with new mm. people. So if you weren't a comedian, what do you think you'd be doing, uh, like as a side thing? Uh, yeah, um, man, it's it's tough at the moment. You know, when I was younger, I always wanted mm. to be an inventor. <laughs> Bit random. It's quite it's quite hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually yeah. quite hard. Um, so I like to think maybe there's a bit of me that thinks, oh, inventor alley, like you know, Doctor Frank in The Simpsons, just just uh, just toying away with stuff, making UFOs and things. Um, but I've got to say, man, it's really hard. I think I was close. I was close to being in advertising. And I remember because the job I, I did get and ended up getting and, and still have is it's sort of it's PR, but it's 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 in the marketing advertising industry. That's the why I went for it. And um, and and there was a point I remember in in 2016 where I remember sitting with my family and uh, and saying like I realised I don't really want to be a comedian. I so I remember I remember this vividly. I was like, I don't really want to do it because it was quite a hard lifestyle, mm. quite rubbish that when you start out and I was just having fun. I was on my first sort of proper wage in London. It was the first time living outside of my parents. Me and my mates had a flat and I was just going out, having a laugh, going on dates. Going, and I was like, I'd have nights like that, you know, whatever. I'm a legend. Go yeah. with it. But the, 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 <laughs> I would have those nights and then you'd have gigs where you're going to like the tip of North London to go perform in a basement to other comedians who hate you. And mm -hmm. you're just like, why would I do that when I could be being a sesh Lord? Why would I do like what? <laughs> so then, so then I remember, I remember thinking, so I, there, there's, but, but then I ended up getting a show in Edinburgh doing stand up. And I thought, oh, I'll work towards that as a project. And then I remember, and then I started getting back into it. And I remembered why. I it. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, there was a, I, so I suppose there was, I was close to being a sort of nine to five, um, like advertising media, uh, person who would just bowl around companies and go mm. out for drinks in Soho and Shoreditch and stuff like that. It's probably close to that. Is this something that you are planning to stay in? Well, uh, no, 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 no. Unless my employer's listening, then yes, absolutely. Can't wait to progress. But, uh, <laughs> no, the, um, 
I, 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 I would love to be a just full-time comedian and content <clears> creator <throat> uh, as soon as possible, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's not to scare my, my current uh, uh, job or employers. They're really nice. But genuinely, they're really nice and really lovely. And I do, I'm, I'm very lucky, very lucky for that. But um, no, not at all. I, I just want to do this full time. Well, final question then. Where can people find you on social media? Do you have a website, a YouTube or any other social media platforms? Yeah, you plug yeah, yourself yeah, away. Well, well like so so you guys so this is these are the people you guys will know tiktok tiktok's probably yep. done now already that's probably out you're probably it's probably a new mm, called not really or something it's not. like but vr well vr is probably but anyway take i'm on tiktok <laughs> i've almost got 15k so wow i want to get over that threshold because i think then you can be like a, in the creative fund and stuff so, so that oh yeah like, good point yeah uh so i'm on tiktok i'm doing sketches on there Almost yeah, six times a week. So so if you want, it might you know. Oh, it, yeah, might, so you do. it might not it might not be for you, but you can check it out if you want to find me there. <laughs> also on Instagram. I've dropped, I've followed you. There you go. Instagram doing similar stuff. <laughs> they, they got one, but Jack Jack Smart. I know you're a shrewd guy. You're, I'm <laughs> that's yep. that's a man who's gonna make it in showbiz on the podcast. Just follow you, mate. Can't wait. And then as soon as they left, unfollow. See you later, son. <laughs> um, and right, you are. I won't. <laughs> Yeah, I know you won't, Dylan, but you, you just never get around to it. You have it in your head. Oh, I'll do that later. And then, and then you'd be like, oh, my sister's here. I can't do anything. But the... <laughs> Thanks for targeting me. No, I love you, Dylan. You're my favourite. That's what I've got to be doing to you. I don't want to show favouritism. But the, not, of course, you're my favourite, Jack. You're both my favourites. I, I wish you were both my, my, my sons. So uh, the, <laughs> the, um, you follow me on TikTok, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, Ali Woods Gigs, A L I W O D S G I G S, Ali Woods Gigs. And I'm on YouTube. You just look up Ali Woods. And so all my stand ups on YouTube. So you can mm-hmm. come find me there if you like any of that. Then, then by all means, come down to a show. Because, um, uh, I mean, you guys can't, but like in two years or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, come, come down and, um, and sit there. And uh, we'll have a laugh. So yeah, thank yeah. you very much for having me on the podcast, man. Really no worries, man. It's been it's been amazing. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say before I end off? Anything you want to tell the audience, etc.? Just, uh, I mean, look, you guys, your maybe your generation um, are different in that they are mm. a lot more like live your best life and what's your <laughs> truth and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, we we didn't have that as much. But um, but genuinely, look like. The main thing, there is no secret to any success that I, I've, I've achieved in my fairly new career. It is just about whether you're willing to work for it. And just the hard part is doing it every day. You will fail at so much stuff in your life. Do not worry about that. The scarier thing is to never attempt it because you're scared. You guys yeah. decide a podcast. That's a brilliant thing that you're doing. It genuinely is. Do these things in your head, the things that are rattling around your head that you're just do mm. them. It will probably be rubbish when it starts out. I mean, I assume <laughs> you're gonna I assume you're gonna delete this episode. It's just a practice. But, <laughs> but, the, <No. laughs> but, but genuinely, that and this is great advice that I always share when I can that I got from a, a, a lovely comedian who's really great. And it is there is no one that's gonna stop you apart from the voices in your own head. There's no one out to get you, there's no industry set up against you. If you just keep believing in yourself and if you don't listen and ignore those voices in your head would say, you're not good enough. You're out of your depth. You can't do this. Everyone's going to laugh at you. That's the only thing that's going to stop you. If you listen to them, it'll stop you. If you don't, you will be great because you definitely have it in you. 
you definitely have it in you. So that's what I'd say. Just work hard and just go for it. Well, thank you so much, Ali, for coming on. It's been one of our longest episodes, and it's been an amazing episode. Um, huh. Thank you so much uh, Good for luck coming on. this down to a 15 Thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. This is going on Spotify. This is this is wow. this is big level. Great, man. That's good. But yeah, also, also want to thank shout you. out if you like the sound of my voice. All I do is fail is a podcast that I run with another comedian called Tom. It's great. And if you want to check that out, it's all I do is fail. And it's Fair everywhere enough. you get comedy comedians. So uh, you can get that podcast. But thank you very much, Jack. Thank you thank so you much. Dylan. And thank you, Dylan's sister, alive. <laughs> yes. That. So thank, thank you, you so much. Genuine pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.